0: Hello, this is Michael Crosa from the Jollyville Radio Podcast, and you know, these days it is so important to be able to laugh, find connection with others, and be reminded of the power of community. That's why some friends and I got together to make Jollyville Radio a short and uplifting fiction podcast, which is set as a radio show in the town of Jollyville. In addition to telling stories and interviewing characters from the town, each week we also learn about people doing community building work in the real world. I so hope that you'll have as much fun listening to our show as we have making it. You can find us on most podcasting platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts or just on our website, jollyvilleradio.com.
1: I hope to see you in Jollyville soon. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents...
2: Grimes. We heed no instincts but our own, said the poet. Perhaps this is so, when we have become older and wiser, but early on during the lessons of life, how is one to distinguish between his own thoughts and the thoughts of others? Who truly has a mind of his own? Our brains are so overcrowded, so clogged with the imprints of a busy, active world. How is one to tell when he is really thinking for himself? In truth, when do any of us close our minds to the influence of
3: others? Why do you hate her so much, Mr. Palmer?
0: I don't hate her.
3: Then why do you want her punished for a crime she didn't commit?
0: But she did.
3: I know for a fact you're lying.
0: I'd like to see you prove it.
2: Our mystery drama, First impression. Was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Victoria Dan and stars Terry Keane. I'll be back shortly with Act One. It's a busy Saturday evening at this small Midwestern airport. Some passengers scurry to catch their flights while others wait impatiently in the long line at the ticket counter. Two women are sitting in a lounge, both well-dressed and attractive. The younger one is about 30, the other now. They could be mother and daughter. Perhaps they are here to greet an arriving relative or to embark on some kind of holiday. So it would appear to the less practiced eye until you notice the steel handcuffs linking them together. Is there anything you want, Mrs. Palmer?
3: No. Magazine or something? No. No, thank you. Detective Weston I, uh, I guess we'll be boarding soon They're all staring Mrs. Palmer Those people, they know Nobody's looking, I assure you This is so humiliating I want to die Mrs. Palmer Please, Detective Weston If you would only take off this handcuff We've been over this before You can trust me I won't try to escape. I'm sure you wouldn't. Well, then why can't You're you? You're aware of our extradition procedures. How can you talk about procedures? I'm not a common criminal. What are you? A human being. I'm afraid you've omitted a small detail. You're a human being who happened to commit murder. It wasn't murder. Did you or didn't you shoot your husband? Yes. Well, then... This... It wasn't murder. What would you call it? An accident. If you're ready, we can pre-board the plane now. Why won't anybody believe it was an accident? If we board now, we can be settled in our seats before the other passengers. I've told them a million times. There's no reason why I'd want to kill John. Mrs. Palmer, we're going to be chained together for at least three more hours. Do you think you could save your protestations of innocence for the jury? Don't you care? I have nothing to do with your case, Mrs. Palmer. I happen to be involved only in your extradition. You think I killed him deliberately. Well, I didn't. Then why did you jump bail? I... I panicked. I wasn't responsible for my actions. We are always accountable for our actions. That's why I'm returning you to face trial. Can we board the plane now, Mrs. Palmer? (laughs) Are you all right, Mrs. Palmer? Considering the circumstances, I suppose so. You don't look very well, Detective Weston. Oh, I don't like flying. I love it. That is, I used to.
2: John, my husband and I, we traveled everywhere by plane. Oh, that's nice. Before John retired from the company, there wasn't a week that we weren't jetting someplace for one reason or another. Oh, that's very interesting.
3: You see, I was indispensable to him. Well, obviously, he wasn't indispensable to you. What's worse, I wonder? Having no respect for yourself. Or others losing their respect for you. I shouldn't have made that crack. I'm sorry. What's there to be sorry about? I'm the one that's going to have to be sorry every day for the rest of my life. Over and over, I'll have to relive the moment when I turned the light on and discovered in a horrible instant that the body on the carpet, staining it with blood, was not a burglar at all. Dewardess, could I possibly have a couple of aspirins? Oh, what were you saying? Nothing. Nothing, nothing at all. You, you know what's
2: very good for headaches, detective? relaxing. Imagine you're in a wooded glen, lying
3: back on a quilt of soft, mossy grass. Alongside runs a fresh, clear, babbling brook. The tiny ripples fan out over the smooth, small stones on the water's bottom. Well.
1: Yes. That is back.
3: You have a way with words, <laughs> Mrs. father. Is that bad? I'm not
2: sure. John used to say I had a, a gift,
3: a talent for understanding people and their problems. I have no problem. No, I, meant, I meant your fear of flying. I'm not afraid, afraid of flying. No. I simply dislike it. Oh, of course. Even if I were afraid, as I said I'm not, it uh, goes with the job. You love your job, don't you? Sometimes. I love my job. All the time. I started right out of high school. Mr. Palmer was still married to his first wife. Back then, I was gawky and unattractive. It took him ten years to notice me as something other than his secretary. I didn't mind. I was his friend. He confided in me. Really? The president of a million-dollar corporation can't confide in just anybody... The special problems, the intricate negotiations, the never-ending politics. When did she die? Oh. His wife. Oh, 11 years ago. 20 years. You waited 20 years for him. I didn't exactly. Wait? But you had to share him. At night, he went home to someone else. During the day, working late on long business trips, he was mine. We were colleagues. That part of him, I never had to share with anyone. Besides, there was still the company. The company? His company almost became our company. I helped it grow, watched it expand. If John couldn't be with me, I always had my work. I have an aptitude for business, you know. And that was enough for you? Yes. Well, I guess if you wait long enough, it pays off. I don't understand. He finally married you. Oh, that. Well, we all can't wait forever. I wasn't aware we all were. Are you Detective Weston? Am I what? Waiting. No. What are you waiting for? Who are you waiting for? We were talking about you, Mrs. Palmer. Why did you kill him? I've already told you it was an accident. What happened that night? Why are you suddenly interested? I'm curious. It's all a matter of record. John had bought me a gun. We'd had two robberies already. And he hadn't wanted me to be unprotected while he was out of town. It was about 2 a.m. I heard a car pull up. I knew it couldn't be John. John was away on a fishing trip in Canada. But didn't it occur to you that he might be coming back early? It couldn't be him. That is, I... I thought it couldn't be him. You see, if John were coming back sooner, he would surely call me, let me know. Anyway, I could hear the front door opening. I was terrified. I was alone in my home, except for Brooks and Marguerite. You're... Butler and Husky... Yes, their quarters are over the garage. I heard the footsteps in the hallway. Surely, if it were John, he would have turned the lights on. Where were you then? Standing at the top of the stairs. You already had the gun? It was like being in a trance. I could hear my heart beating against my ears. I, I-, I couldn't feel my arms and legs. I started to walk down the stairs... I was weightless. I... I I floated. Below was a shadowy figure in the darkness. It was tall, frightening. See, it, it wasn't a person. It was an apparition. I had to be dreaming. Then this apparition, this thing, raised its arm at me. The gun in my hand started firing.
1: You know the rest.
3: Yes, I know the rest. I just have one question. What? Why doesn't anybody believe you? In there is where we part company, Mrs. Palmer. The municipal jail. Yes. I've been here before. Detective Weston? Yes, when they finally set a new date for my trial, will you be there? I don't know. It would be very, very encouraging to see one friendly face. Oh, I find it hard to believe that a woman like you has no friends. It's harder to believe that I have so many enemies. Enemies? What kind of enemies? It must have been the flight, but I... I'm suddenly terribly fatigued. Who are your enemies? I shouldn't have brought it up. Some things are better left unsaid. Can we go inside now? Oh, wait a minute. Who do you consider an enemy? I'm afraid I've already been indiscreet. About what? I don't understand. You don't understand? Then ask yourself this. Why don't I have any friends? And why... With all my money, all my position and influence, can't I find one single person willing to believe my version of what happened? Is it really that far-fetched? Well, you think about it for a while. I already know the truth. It was an accident, even if I'm the only one who knows. <laughs>
4: Weston, come on in. How are you? Captain. Sit down. Tell me about your trip.
3: It was all right.
4: She didn't give you any trouble?
3: It depends on what you call trouble. What's that mean? About this Palmer murder case, there's something very funny about it. Oh? I read up on it last night. Oh, on your day off, huh? Something about the way it's been handled just doesn't seem right. Well, are you interested in the Palmer murder? Yes.
4: Is it your case?
3: No, but I couldn't help noticing.
4: You've been on homicide for how long now? Uh, six months. Ah, six months makes you an expert, right?
3: I'm beginning to wonder about the motivation for the murder.
4: Ah, here we go with motivations and all this stuff about the psyche and the subconscious. Since when has one human being needed a reason to kill another human being?
3: uh, Still, Captain, I think... Besides,
4: this isn't like you. Usually, you just do your own job. You don't get sidetracked. I mean, you won't as much as look at a case you're not involved in.
3: Well, you changed that when you sent me down to Williamsboro to escort Zelda Palmer back here. I had no desire at all to get involved. But now...
4: You are involved, huh?
3: Captain, I want you to put me on the case. Well,
4: what can you do with this case that hasn't already been done?
3: I believe I can prove that Zelda Palmer is innocent. (laughs)
2: The art of persuasion, it is said, can be taught a quiet. Many, however, believe it is a rare talent that one can only be born with. And though all the people we've met thus far seem to be trying to persuade other people in some direction, it would appear that only one has so far been successful. Of course, this is only Act One. And when dealing with the human nature, anything is bound to develop. When I return with Act Two...
3: a single moment,
2: how the complexion of life can change. We look in the eye of someone we think we know so well and see a light we never saw before. Or in a single word or solitary gesture, a complete stranger can manage to strike a certain chord within us. Detective Cynthia Weston was convinced in the beginning of our story that Mrs. Zelda Palmer deliberately shot and killed her husband. Now... After accompanying her home to face murder charges, the young policewoman is no longer so sure. She is disturbed by something. But
3: what? I'll tell you what it is, Captain. It's the atmosphere. The atmosphere? It's just not right for murder.
4: What would you say, in your practiced opinion, is the proper ambiance for murder?
3: Greed, distrust, hatred... That is there's none of that.
4: Not according to Palmer's son.
3: Uh, Yeah, I read that.
4: He says the old man was planning on divorcing
3: her. It's totally unsubstantiated. Not as far as the D.A. is concerned. But the real damaging evidence, if you want to call it that, against Zelda Palmer, is a statement made by Brooks, the butler. Now, he claims that John Palmer and his wife were having an argument before she shot him. He even cried out. And that is the entire case against her.
4: That's enough to do it.
3: What if the son and the butler are lying? Why would they lie? I don't know. But that's what I'd like to find out. Yes, I have an appointment. I'm Detective Weston. We'll go right in. Mr. Palmer is expecting you.
0: I'm not interested in your excuses, Murphy. Find out what price they want and give it to them. Get back to me in an hour. So, you're the, uh, detective who called earlier.
3: Mr. Bradley Palmer?
0: Oh, I hate that name. Bradley. Sounds like a little kid who won't eat its spinach.
3: Well, then what do people call you?
0: Mr. Palmer.
3: <clears throat> do you mind if I sit down, Mr. Palmer?
0: Go ahead. Uh, is this going to take long? I've got a conference scheduled for 1045.
3: How long have you been running Palmer Industries? Three years. And what were you doing before that?
0: I was, uh, out of the country.
3: Where? Here and there. Is there a reason you can't be more specific?
0: What bearing does it have on my father's murder?
3: I believe you were somewhere in the Far East, weren't you, Mr. Palmer?
0: Well, if you already knew, why bother asking?
3: Uh, your reluctance to be candid with me is very interesting. What were you doing in that part of the world for over seven years?
0: Why don't you tell me?
3: You were in a monastery. A very obscure teaching sect in the Himalayas known as the Gahari Shimta.
0: What does this have to do with
3: Aside from preaching a doctrine of nonviolence, the Gahari Shimta reject all material wealth?
0: How do you know about Shimta?
3: Now uh, today you drive a Mercedes, wear five hundred dollar suits, and run one of the largest corporations in the country. What made you give up the monastery, your entire way of life, and return to the States?
0: My father asked me to. And anyhow, my time with Gahari was complete.
3: Why did your father want you home?
0: I should think that would be obvious. He's was getting older. There weren't any other children. It was up to me to carry on.
3: In other words, take over.
0: I didn't want to leave at first. Then I understood. As president of Palmer Industries, I might be in a position to improve the condition of mankind. There are endless ways in which money and power can be used to benefit mankind. Peaceful instead of... Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, what, what were we talking about? Your father. Oh, yeah, well, he wanted to retire. Go fishing, put the company in the hands of someone he could trust.
3: Well, what about your stepmother? He trusted her?
0: I'm sure he did. But image was very important to him. You see, father was convinced that a woman, no matter how competent, would convey an image of weakness which would reflect on the entire company. Weakness, vulnerability, that's what sets the wolves at your door. That is the nature of the world, I suppose.
3: Uh, Mr. Palmer, who would stand to gain the most by your father's death?
0: Gain? I consider death a loss.
3: Or on a purely material financial level, who would benefit the most?
0: My father had already divested himself of the bulk of his estate. Which means? The house, other properties abroad, and cash assets he left to her, my stepmother.
3: What about the company?
0: Uh, He signed the controlling interest over to me a year ago.
3: Why do you insist your stepmother's actions were premeditated?
0: Because they were.
3: On what do you base your opinion?
0: I I, uh, just know, that's all.
3: Mr. Palmer, why did you lie to the district attorney?
0: I haven't the vaguest idea what you're talking
3: about. You claimed that your father confided to you his desire to initiate divorce proceedings against your stepmother. Now, I don't believe such a conversation ever took place, except in your mind. And by what method do you deduce that? Just a hunch. But your answer sewed it up for me. Noticed your first instinct was not denial or outrage, but a smug retort. Thank you for your time I assure you we'll be speaking again Very soon Detective Weston Good afternoon, Mrs. Palmer They told me you were taking over my case I I couldn't believe it Well, I uh, had no choice They assigned it to me I thought you had asked. As I explained to you the other day, it was not my wish to become personally involved in your problems. Detective Weston, why are you so afraid to admit that you already are involved? I came here to clear up a few questions. To have empathy for another human being is nothing to be ashamed of. You knew justice was not being served, and that's why you asked to handle the investigation. Mrs. Palmer... If we could get started. And I I want you to know, I appreciate your kindness to me, even if nothing The first question I'd like to ask is, who do you consider to be an enemy? I don't understand. What about your stepson? Bradley. Never liked me. I wouldn't go so far as to call him an enemy, for heaven's sake. Why is he out to get you? I wouldn't exactly say he is out to get me. You're aware of his allegations that his father intended to seek a divorce from you? Yes. Was there any truth to it? Of course not. And yet you still say this man isn't out to destroy you? His testimony establishes a clear motive for you. As it must. Don't you understand? How can I when you're not making any sense? Making sense of something... That's the point. What happened to John? What what I did was a, a senseless mistake. No rhyme, no reason. Just a tragic accident. I'll have to live with the truth of that... for the rest of my life. But what about Bradley? He can't face the fact... that it all happened as a quirk of fate. Gives him a strange kind of peace of mind... To believe his father died for a reason. In an odd sort of way, that sounds plausible. He was always a sensitive boy. I forgive him his thoughts. That's very generous, Zelda, but where does it leave you? I suppose in the long run, it doesn't make a difference. There's a world of difference between first-degree murder and negligent homicide. We could even get you off with self-defense. I don't see how... Brooks, the butler. He is the star witness for the prosecution. The case really hinges on his testimony. A man despises me. That's why he... lied. He said we were having an argument. John and I never argued. He said he heard John cry out before I shot him. I wish to heaven he had. I would have known who it was. I never would have pulled a... This is my punishment. I'll never stop paying for it, never All right, please, Mrs. Palmer, calm down I liked it When you called me Zelda It made me feel as if I had a friend Well, you do have a friend You understand what it feels like When a situation seems terribly hopeless Yes, I understand More than you know
4: Good man. He didn't deserve to die.
3: Well, nobody deserves to die, Mr. Brooks.
4: Well, just Brooks, if you please. And if I may, I disagree with you. There are many who deserve to die. Making the world a better place is a result of that absence.
3: Yes, well, about that night...
4: They already have my statement. I don't. Well, Margaret and I were asleep in our quarters over the garage. I heard this car pull up in the driveway. A moment later, I heard the front door open.
3: Must be a very light sleeper.
4: Yes. My wife, bless her heart, is sleeping like a log, dead to the world. Then what? I have gone over this before. It's not with me. Oh, very well. After a moment or two, I heard voices. It was Mr. and Mrs. Palmer. Her voice, shrill and hysterical, His is low and calm. And suddenly I heard him shout, No, don't. And? That is when I heard the gunshots. By the time I arrived at the hall, the light was on and Mrs. Palmer was standing over her husband's body. With the gun still in her hand. She was just standing there. Yes? Cool as a cucumber. Calm as can be. And she said, Brooks, I believe we shall have to summon the authorities.
3: One moment she's hysterical and the next she's, as you put it, cool as a cucumber.
4: Well, uh, you know how women are.
3: Uh, no, I don't. How are we?
4: <clears throat> At any rate, I hope they put her away for life. That's what I hope.
3: Uh, if we may depart from your aspirations for just a moment, could you tell me how long you've been working here on the estate?
4: Well, Margaret and I were employed uh, three years ago.
3: Who hired you?
4: Mr. Palmer.
3: Oh, so Mrs. Palmer had nothing to do with your being hired?
4: They were out of town on a trip.
3: But I thought you said...
4: Oh, I meant we were hired by the present Mr. Palmer. Bradley? Yes. You see, the previous couple had quit rather suddenly, and Mr. Bradley consented to put the household in order while his father and Mrs. Palmer took a badly needed vacation... I believe you said on the phone that you wanted to see the house. Yes. I cannot imagine what you expect to find.
3: Maybe I don't expect to find anything.
4: Very well. this way, if you please, Detective Weston.
3: So here's the spot where they had the argument, and this is where he fell?
4: Yes, yes. It was quite dreadful.
3: Yes, I'm sure it was. Well, uh... Thank you so much for the guided tour, Brooks.
4: That's all you wish to see?
3: For the moment, at least. Oh, wait, uh, there's just one other thing. Yes? When you heard the car pull up in the driveway at such a late hour, weren't you concerned as to who it might be? No, not at all. two o'clock in the morning and your boss is away on a fishing trip, didn't the thought occur to you that it might be a burglar? Well, it was a
4: clear, moonlit night. I could see the car quite clearly from my window. It was Mr. John's white Mercedes.
3: You're sure? Of course I'm sure. Thank you. Brooks, did you ever hear the saying, Thy strength is honor, thy honor is strength? No. Does it mean something? I was hoping maybe you could tell me.
4: I haven't the vaguest idea.
3: Now, first the son, then the butler. I have never seen two more atrocious liars in my life, Captain. But
4: you don't know if they're lying. I know. Consider this. Are you really being
1: objective?
3: This guy, Brooks, could hear Mr. Palmer talking, and I quote, calm and low from across the courtyard inside a house have to have antenna. Why do you find it
4: easier to believe Mrs. Palmer?
3: I thought a person was supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. As far as I'm concerned, there isn't enough proof. Well, according to the DA, there is. A woman like Zelda Palmer would never kill her husband. For whatever his reasons, Bradley Palmer is determined to destroy her credibility. And the butler, Brooks, what is his angle? How does he benefit by perjuring himself? Oh, and something else about Mr. Brooks... I have the feeling that I've seen him before.
2: There seems to be a story where everyone has something to hide. The wealthy widow, the stepson, and the butler. Not a particularly unusual brew for murder and intrigue. The possible combinations are infinite. But there can only be one correct solution... Each of these people holds a missing piece of the giant puzzle. When, at last, the pieces are put together, we'll be able to see the complete picture. A picture just about ready for viewing in Act 3. We rarely plan the great events in our lives. So very often we are victims of the cold, random winds of fate. It's possible to say that we are all wandering through this mammoth mystery called life without a road map, bumping into obstacles in the dark. Of course, some of us are better drivers than others. As long as we're on the subject, what exactly is driving our young
3: detective? And more important, where exactly is she going? Now, that man Brooks, why do you think I've seen him before, Captain?
4: Am I really supposed to answer that?
3: I wonder if his real name actually is Brooks. Why do you
4: keep insisting he's lying? Because he is. You can't prove it. So what have you really got? You
3: got nothing. I've got everything. I just haven't managed to put it all together yet.
4: Look, can't you see what this Zelda Palmer is doing? She's conning you. She's
3: not conning me. Twenty years. Twenty years. What? She waited 20 years for him to marry her. And that makes her innocent? A woman doesn't wait that long for a man and then shoot him.
4: Wouldn't be the first time. A
3: woman who waits that patiently for a man doesn't waste it all in a moment of anger. Oh, oh,
4: oh, you want to bet?
3: From what I can make of it, the Palmers were deeply in love. They had a very happy marriage. I don't care what the son claims. He was never there. And neither were you. I didn't have to be, Captain. Oh, really? I just... I just know. I just figured out what's been puzzling me. What didn't sound right. Hmm? No one has ever disputed the fact that the shooting took place in the dark.
4: Well, she had enough light to take aim and get him right in the head. I'm
3: not arguing that point. The fact remains that the incident occurred in almost total darkness. So? The entire case rests on the butler's statement that the Palmers were having an argument. A violent argument. Well, there we are. Where are we? Who has a violent argument in the dark? Who has an emotional, face-to-face confrontation in the dark? That's it? Yes. How many quarrels take place with the lights out?
4: (laughs) Obviously, you're not married.
3: Quarrels of sufficient magnitude to result in murder? The lights are almost always turned on. The confrontation is eye-to-eye. That is your opinion. But it's so obvious. Maybe to you. So now, the question remains the same. What do Mr. Palmer and Mr. Brooks have to gain by lying?
0: Detective Weston, unfortunately you've caught me at a rather busy time
3: Uh, this will only take a few minutes, Mr. Palmer
0: (sighs) I must say you're very persistent
3: Brooks, the butler on your father's estate He's very, uh, indebted to you Why say that? Well, you hired him and his wife
0: Well, it doesn't exactly make one indebted, does it?
3: It's very difficult to find a job of that caliber With a police record See, I knew Brooks' face was familiar, so I spent some time going through old mug books. Mr. Brooks' real name is Wilbur Hopkins. His wife's real name is Edith. Both of them served over 20 years for armed robbery.
0: They paid for their crimes.
3: You're quite a believer in justice, aren't you? Uh,
0: I believe that the punishment should fit the crime.
3: It was very generous of you to give Wilbur and Edith a new lease on life. It, uh takes a lot of influence to establish two people in new identity. As I said,
0: they paid for their crime.
3: And they deserved a second chance? Yes. Mr. Palmer, is this what you meant by using power and position to help those less fortunate? Perhaps. How very charitable of you.
0: Acts of charity should be performed discreetly.
3: I suppose you learned that from the monks of Gahari Shinta?
0: No, from my father. Kindness and generosity are signs of weakness. Competitors are more likely to try to take advantage. One's image becomes less intimidating, more human, more vulnerable.
3: We're on the topic of image again.
0: No, a man at the mercy of a woman. How much more vulnerable can he be?
3: Who are we talking about? You or your father?
0: To be shot, unable to defend himself. She was always a rash, impossible woman. And I made it a point to avoid her.
3: What did she do before all this to make you hate her so terribly?
0: Hate's a strong word. I prefer dislike.
3: I'm going on the assumption that she's innocent in the case of your father. If that's so, what would prompt you to lie? You assume a great deal. I know a great deal. About time. A woman doesn't spend years waiting for a man she doesn't love. And a man doesn't spend seven years in a monastery just to kill time. Not a man like you.
0: I learned a great deal.
3: I believe that. Much of what you learned, you still practice. This entire subject of vulnerability, weakness. You claim the philosophy is a legacy of your father. But doesn't Shimta also preach hiding weakness? Conveying an image of strength to avoid violent confrontation?
0: How do you know about all these things?
3: There's a very fine university in this town with a very fine library. Mr. Palmer, in many ways, you are still Shimtar. Everything you do and say has a special motivation behind it. Why are you out to destroy your stepmother?
0: Destroy, that's uh, another word I find distasteful.
3: Detective Weston,
0: do you have any children?
3: I'm not married
0: Hmm. Your intelligence and beauty should be married Uh,
3: Look, I I can go home and hear this You were saying about children
0: Perhaps if I'd been her real son Instead of her stepson Perhaps if she'd been able to have a child of her own Maybe she would never have felt the
3: need The need to what?
0: That I can't tell you
3: Can't? Or want? Both. Zelda, I want you to tell me why there's such enmity between you. Why does he want to punish you? Because I committed a sin. And what was the sin? I committed murder. But it was an accident. You admit it was an accident. The sin remains the same. John's dead. But you said it was a mistake. For that very reason... The sin is all the worse. Nobody is making any sense around here.
4: Detective Weston.
3: I hope I haven't disturbed you at this late hour, Brooks.
4: Well, you did tell me to expect you sometime past midnight.
3: I wanted to check a few things out when the light conditions were similar to the way they were on that night. The moon is about the same. As
4: you requested, I have switched off the lamps.
3: Maybe you could just turn them on to guide me up to Mrs. Palmer's room. Hmm, Brooks?
4: Whatever you wish.
3: I want to see just what she saw that night.
4: Well, this way, please.
3: Not a bad room.
4: Yes, she chose a suite in the front of the house. Although she could have had one of the quieter ones in the back... The view of the garden would have certainly surpassed vast a view of the driveway.
3: Yes, that's rather interesting. She could see any car that drove up. Yes. Of course, that's funny. Look at my car down there. Did you ever notice how in the moonlight... What kind of car does Bradley Palmer drive?
4: Mercedes.
3: What color? Why are you asking... You know, what color...
4: Light blue.
3: That's very interesting. Light blue. You ever notice the tricks night plays? Now, down there, my car, it's white. It looks blue. Is that what she thought?
4: I'm afraid that I don't follow it. A
3: man goes away on a trip. He's concerned about the safety of his wife, and he asks his son to keep an eye on her and on the house. Only the son will do anything to avoid seeing the stepmother, so he does check up on the house. But only at night. What does this have to do? It was there all the time. Why couldn't I have seen it? Of course. She hears the car pull up. She runs to the window and sees the car. She knows whose car it is. At least she thinks she does. She goes downstairs with the gun. She can see the figure in the dark, only vaguely. She shoots. No voices, no arguments, no warning sounds. Isn't that right, Mr. Brooks? Or should I call you Mr. Wilbur Hopkins? Wilbur who? I know about you and your wife.
4: I have absolutely no idea what you are talking about. Come on, Mr.
3: Hopkins. He set you up in a new life and you owed him.
4: All right, yes, I owed him a great deal.
3: And so you lied about the argument.
4: Yes. But what was the difference? She was still...
3: Still guilty? Of course. She didn't mean to shoot her husband. She meant to shoot somebody else. Bradley Palmer. Her husband's son. How... How did you find out? I knew you couldn't have killed your husband... You had no motive. I never stopped to consider that you certainly had a motive for killing somebody else. Your stepson. John wanted him to run the company. I could have done a much better job. I loved the company much more than Bradley did. He didn't help build it, watch it grow. So when you looked out of your bedroom window that night, you thought it was Bradley's car, didn't you? John wanted his son to carry on. Why not me, his wife? The thought never occurred to you that your husband might come home early, so in the darkness, you made a mistake. You killed the wrong man. It was an unforgivable mistake. If it had been Bradley who died, the police would have believed me. They would have believed that I thought I was shooting a burglar. But who would believe a woman shooting her own husband? I would have believed you, Mrs. Palmer. For a while, I did. What are you going to do, Detective Weston? I'm not going to do anything. I don't understand. I'm going to leave things just the way they are. You did murder your husband. Bradley Palmer was quite right when he said it. The punishment should fit the crime. At least you can help me convince people. Let them know I love John... I would never want to kill John. That's all I want people to know. They're never going to know, Mrs. Palmer. And in truth, that's going to be your punishment.
2: That famous line from Gilbert and Sullivan's Macado, My object all sublime I shall achieve in time to make the punishment fit the crime. This thought, of course, isn't original with musical theater. It is a philosophy that's existed for thousands of years in the cultures of both East and West. Although very often, evildoers seldom receive their just deserts. We'll be back with more food for thought shortly. none so blind as they who cannot see. In this story, we've dealt with people who are blind in their points of view, limited by their own unfortunate experiences. Whether she's convicted for one murder or another, Mrs. Zelda Palmer's physical punishment will be the same. But the most important punishments take place within the mind and heart, because it is within our soul that we must be fully answerable to whatever power exists. Our cast included Terry King, Carol Taitel, Keir DeLay, and Mandel Kramer. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Ravenhouse Paperback Mysteries. This is Tammy Grimes, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time,
1: pleasant dreams.
4: Your Life is on 1230 WCOL in Columbus, 34 degrees downtown. It's 11
5: o'clock. CBS News. The Democratic leader of the Senate has introduced... To prevent President Reagan from sending U.S. troops into El Salvador on his own authority. I'm Judy Muller, reporting on the CBS radio network. Senate Democratic leader Robert Byrd introduced a measure to amend the War Powers Act of 1973, which allows the president to commit troops overseas, but requires him to seek congressional approval within 48 hours. Byrd's resolution would require the president to get congressional approval before sending troops, except to protect Americans overseas. When Byrd first announced his intention to introduce the measure, White House spokesman Larry Speaks said the legislation is unnecessary, because, in his words, there is no plan to send combat troops to El Salvador or anywhere else. Leftist guerrillas in El Salvador launched their strongest attacks in more than a year today, according to government officials. The fighting was centered in two major metropolitan areas, San Vicente and San Miguel. The military regime of El Salvador came under attack by Amnesty International today. Larry Cox, a spokesman for the Human Rights Organization, charged the government in San Salvador with directing mass killings of civilians.
0: There's no doubt that atrocities are being carried out by all sides in the armed conflict in El Salvador. But the evidence we have shows overwhelmingly uh, that the majority of these killings are being carried out by the security forces of the government of El Salvador, that they are directed against non-combatants, civilians who are not engaged in guerrilla warfare, and that they amount to uh, torture, uh, murder, uh, and mass killings.
5: The group says it based its conclusions on a fact-finding mission in 1981 and on the testimony of refugees. More news in a minute.
0: Wednesday on CBS Television, Hal Linden stars
1: as the father who abandoned his family eight years ago, only to have tragedy thrust them together. You both need a father. Academy Award winner...